Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Uh, hey, Mimi. Oh, hey, Gigi. When you're driving around, just seeing the town. Sitting bored at home, feeling all alone. Fill up the glass, pick out a glass. We got the tea, we got the sauce. Get queerified. Okay. Yeah. Let's get queerified. Hey, welcome to the Queerified Comedy Special. This is Gigi Gorgeous. And I'm Mimi. Today we have the very best of the best just for you. Excluding the last one because they totally bombed. But don't worry, we have tons of great talent lined up for you tonight. Including our next act who for sure is not going to leave a dry seat in this house. From peeing with laughter, of course. Just a forewarning again to the crowd, if you have small children or have any sensitivities, Please be sure to exit to the back of your row because shit is about to get X-rated. Nothing is off limits tonight. Just like the queries on our hotline. Call us at 1-844-QUERIES. That's Q-U-E-E-R-Y-S. Ask us anything. And maybe you can join us at our next open mic. We'll give you a hint of who our next guest is. She is a girl, but definitely not broke. Her name rhymes with our favorite and now free toxic pop star. She was there to roast a president of the United States. Her last name is 50% of how babies on this earth were made. She's very, very, very good for you. Bop, bop, bop. And if you haven't guessed by now. Or read the title of this episode, please welcome the next comedian to hit the Queerified Comedy Club stage. Whitney Cummings. All right, we are back with none other than one of the, if not the funniest women I know, Whitney Cummings. You're literally, she has a mirror that says gorgeous on it. It's pretty, I don't know if you took the, there's a bathroom downstairs that mm-hmm. has uh, uh, frame photos of people's nudes. Like there, someone is paid to do all this. No, I actually do it all myself. Not kidding. So you took that mirror to Things Remembered at the mall and had it engraved? <laughs> no, I actually have a really gorgeous. great website online. It's a great vinyl, like, lacquer. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I'm lying. I did it what, for my... I had it you, done for like, my birthday. This, I'm looking at a photo of you. Is this from Olin Mills? It feels like th- this looks expensive. I don't feel How like that How big was, is that? How big think, is that? Tell the listeners. Um, four... About four feet by three feet, a black and white gorgeous portrait of you... <laughs> It's giving Anna Nicole Smith for the guest campaign. Big Anna Nicole energy. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm giving big Anna Nicole energy, like, 
now how she's doing <laughs> she's wearing now. a shirt that says dump him, dump him. this is a britney shirt that i was in the back of my car and there's bigger things to talk about uh britney I right now or like kevin federline dump him britney that yeah i think she wore this when she like was eating hot cheetos walking out of a like okay. you know gas I station love that. moment I so i'm it. i'm really people are like bring the 90s back the 80s are back i'm britney shaved head britney at all times is my oh the best britney is my vibe but i think that when i encounter or go on the podcast of someone that is like so gorgeous and fabulous and i boycott it and i just go the other way mm -hmm. and i'm like i'm just mm -hmm. gonna show up looking like a like actual homeless person i look like a menace to society I right, if, if you can't beat it go beneath it I'm just, I'm not, <laughs> but i feel you though like one of the worst things in the world is to stand beside Gigi in a photo guys it's shut just up. you're never gonna win you know you're gonna get hate somewhere the only it's way to awful. win is to not play and yes. so this is me boycotting and just going mm -hmm. like I'm. What is the the boycotting? That seems like it has like some kind of history to that word. It has boy in it. That's Bo interesting. Ooh. Isn't that interesting? Wow. Okay. This is really getting into the queerified the queerified judge. I will stop this conversation right here though, <laughs> because I will not have you guys saying that I am prettier than both of you because I have Vogue oh, style okay. retouching. Let's not play this. Uh, no. Okay. So let's let's. I really 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 want to dive into the new year. We are mm -hmm. in January 2022, which. Okay. Sounds okay. so wild. I want to know what is Whitney Cummings' New Year's resolution? How is the new year for you thus far? My New Year's resolution is that you have someone in your life that it's enough money to buy you a mic stand so that I don't have to hold a <laughs> microphone on your couch. Okay. You have a beautiful house. I hear you. You have a, a, a base diptyque candle. I fucking burning. hate you. Fudaba. I can't pronounce any of her candles. That's how much money this no. bitch has. And and yet not one mic stand. So I got two. Okay, I will defend Are myself a little bit. Are you that desperate to okay. hold something phallic? I got two <laughs> mic stands and it came the, 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 what is it called? The weight things that come with it came without sand and I haven't gotten around to buying sand. And I feel like you this is my theory. Sand? You have to buy sand with it. How fucking rude is that? Sand? My theory though is that when I have people on, they feel a little bit more important when they're holding the mic. But I, I know you're used to that because you do stand up. So you're over it. Bitch, I feel She's like, like I'm, I'm not I, holding I this. I feel like I'm sucking a dick to get a job in Hollywood <laughs> in my 20s. Like this is so triggering to me to be holding a giant phallic object like i it's not ladylike right so get but you got to get into it because we have 45 minutes to go <laughs> i love you so much <laughs> the mic stands are being set up within the minute so <laughs> you're just like you're like bitch my nails are beat i can show my maybe that's what it is you can nope. show your nails and not a mic stand being brought in for you there we go that's oh here we is. go it'll the be way down coming though through. here we go Okay. Okay, here I we go. You. Now now it's on. I'm obsessed with you. I'm wildly intimidated and I'm sure I'm going to get canceled on this podcast. You Let's will go. not get canceled. Cancel we me. we edit this podcast and also we respect all points of view. But you didn't it's answer my space. question. Right. What's your New Year's resolution? Did you make one? So, New Year's resolution like mm, I guess for me is to uh divorce myself from old stories operating from old stories. Okay, so basically uh, move, move forward from the past. That's what I'm getting? Basically, but I think more like, oh, as a woman in this business, you have to work twice as hard to get half as much. Like things that were true 10 years ago, 15 mm -hmm. years ago, like 
that might not be true anymore to just like delete, update the software, mm-hmm. update my mental software of like, people don't think women are funny. Like, that's not true anymore. You don't have to right. operate from that place anymore. Like, right. update the facts, the data, you know, the same way that doctors are working off of like anatomy textbooks from the 50s, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like update your soft mental software. It starts to sound like excuses at some point. Yeah, that's a great point. Or like, you're 39, you'll never have a kid. You're 39, you'll never find a partner. You're old. Like, mm-hmm. just all those, like, that programming, conditioning, that messaging that's just kind of toxic. Like, it's just not true anymore, necessarily. And uh, to operate from true facts instead of fake news. Right. I I love that. Mark and I were actually talking about this before we had you on. We were talking about the comedy space and just what I would call misogyny Mm -hmm. within the comedic space. Stand up, Mm -hmm. movies, TV, writing, Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. I think a lot of people don't think women are funny. They should just shut up, sit down. Shout out to the Dixie A lot of people don't think men are funny and that they should sit Mm -hmm. down and shut up. That's true. I mean, coming from a woman, I fucking agree. And I think that, you know, people over the years, you said 10 years ago, it wasn't like this, but I feel like people like you, people like Chelsea Handler, people like... Um, Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silver. I was going to say Stevie. Right. Uh, Sarah Silverman. Right. (laughs) Schumer. Like uh, so many great people like Melissa McCarthy. Like all these great people have proven that wrong. Leslie Jones. Tiffany Haddish. Mm -hmm. It goes on and on and on and on. Yeah. Yeah. Like what do you have to say about that living within this space? Because you have been a comedian for so long. And I feel like some of our listeners out there might be aspiring comedians. Yeah. And I think that that my brain goes in a billion directions. And also, I must just say, Gigi's mind is truly a national treasure it moves so fast <laughs> i fucking love you and i'm just ta- i'm just telling you my all my best friends are professional comedians who are known to have like very fast quick minds mm-hmm. and uh hers is in- incredibly jarring how um intelligent and quick she is did so we true. get that are we recording just know that i get very <laughs> overwhelmed and i'm impressed and in awe of her so just know that know that um i think that it's tricky because, you know, when I started as a woman, it was like, I'm the only woman in a male-dominated field, and it's so hard. And now I'm kind of like, well, I kind of miss being the only woman. Right. So just, 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 I'm going to explain myself. Don't panic with all my internalized misogyny. I'm very <laughs> open about my internalized misogyny. But just make sure that when you're, you're fighting for more women in your workplace, once mm-hmm. they get there, you're not like, fuck, these bitches are hotter than me. Right. I shouldn't have fought that hard for these bitches to be, now be my competition. So that's a toxic old survival mechanism. Or mm-hmm. uh, It's like societally grooming. It's a scarcity complex. It's like coming from a scarcity complex. I love that. Mm-hmm. Scarcity complex Mm -hmm. that is huge huge to just acknowledge like scarcity complexes are real forgive yourself when you get competitive with other women other people Mm -hmm. that are going for the same job going for the same bag going for the same opportunity being competitive with them you don't you're not sexist you don't necessarily have to Mm -hmm. be racist or phobic you might just want the fucking job and like the scarcity the fear sets in so you know when fear is present no other emotion can exist and we can't think logically Mm -hmm. so for me when i started it was like oh god i'm a a woman and no one will give me a shot and i started getting opportunities i think solely because because I was a woman that I didn't deserve necessarily also. Mm-hmm. So so you felt like a token is what you're saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. When I started, it was like, we need a woman on the lineup. 
and I got opportunities I didn't deserve. I did fucking take those opportunities I didn't deserve and make the most out of them. I'm like, I will not mm-hmm. waste this. I will get better. I will find a way to earn this. Right. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to use this like I'm at such a disadvantage. The one time I do get this other advantage, I'm going to capitalize mm-hmm. on it. And then, you know, I, th- I think in general comedy, like things are funny when you're not in fear or worried. And in mm-hmm. general, people are more in fear and worried about women. So that is why there's less female comedy. Because when a woman falls down the stairs, it's not funny. When I a, laugh. Well, mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Anyone could fall a, down the stairs. <laughs> a baby. That's fucking guy, hilarious. <laughs> it's just like, when a guy falls down the stairs, like funny. When a woman falls down the stairs, like, oh no. Is My she, God. Yeah. Is she okay? Her beautiful face. That might be changing. Because mm-hmm. women now are like, you know, if Ronda Rousey falls down the stairs, you're like, bitch is fine. You know, totally. Mm-hmm. But these are all archaic perceptions of like, if a woman goes on stage and is like, does what is quote unquote traditionally funny in the zeitgeist at that time mm-hmm. is like, I drink, I smoke, I cheat. Like that's funny on a man. It wasn't funny on a woman until kind of recently. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like to say like, there's no female comics. It's like, well, there was no reference point for them to be funny yet. There right. wasn't mm-hmm. somebody had to break the mold. I totally I'm so I'm so with you on this one because like there are so many archaic things that we still hang on to. One thing that comes to mind and here we go, I'm going to get canceled is how we still need queer people to play queer people. Like, I think people have forgotten that we had that because queer people did not have roles back then. Like 10 years ago, there were no roles for queer people. So queer people were not being hired look around, like there are queer roles everywhere. Like queer people can play straight people and I do not mind straight people playing queer roles. Like I think it's such an archaic thing that people but don't. I think that when there's outrage and like like a trans person should play a trans person, a lesbian should play a lesbian, da, da, the reason that happens is because there's been so little opportunity for so long. So there's this overcorrection. And totally. When, and See, when, and, yes. And when you get that, little fucking opportunity to get power you have to push as hard as you can overcorrect and then it'll settle down like i think we forget Mm -hmm. as a species that it is our nature to overcorrect like injustice 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 fucking overcorrect it's so fucking true and i Mm -hmm. i i I politely disagree with you mark and we've talked about this a million times Mm but personally i feel being trans Mm -hmm. i feel like now this surge of trans people having kind of Mm -hmm. their moment i guess you could say in mainstream media and pop Mm -hmm. culture and all that it's like for me why not trans why not of course, cast why not? a trans person? Why not cast a gay person? Because there's so much there's so much talent out there. And I agree. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that it's wrong. I'm not going to cancel a show. I don't even believe in cancellation. We we all know mm-hmm. that here on the podcast. But I feel like if you're going to have a gay character, might as well cast a fierce-ass, talented, beautiful, like amazing, inspiring gay person. But if not, it's not the end of the world. If you're not right for the role, then you should go. Like, it's fine. Whoever's going to be best for it should step forward. But I also relate a lot with what you're saying, because in a trans space, I've often been the token as well. I've been the, oh, we need to check the, we need to check the box, the trans box, the gay box, whatever it may be, whatever I was at the time. I have been known to come out a few times in my life. Trans box, open that restaurant. (laughs) Hello. Oh my God. Come on, fast food. Just fucking uh, pastel blue and pastel pink burgers. (laughs) 
<laughs> I feel like I really felt that too. And I took it on upon myself to really be like, I'm going to blow the shit out of the water. They're not going to regret just checking a box with me. They're going to be like, this bitch, you know, ascends being just trans. You're making me realize something that I feel like is important to say, which is when you're, when there's only two or three people to represent an entire population forward facing publicly as a public figure. So as a female comedian, I don't get to just go on stage and like have a okay night. I'm carrying all female comedians on my shoulders oh, every wow. time I perform. Wow, that's so heavy. I'm every time I go on stage, whether it's for 10 people, 50 people, not even as a famous person, I am not just up here to practice and fuck around and get better. I am there to change a stereotype that has been built for thousands of years. And so you know what living as a gay person in real life is like. Exactly. And every woman, (laughs) if I'm not funny, if I'm not funny tonight, it hurts every other Mm -hmm. woman. So it's not guys get to just go on stage and go like, I could have a bad night and who fucking Mm -hmm. cares? And they'll still give the next guy the benefit of the doubt. So exactly. If there's so few public facing trans people, all the pressure is on all the pressures on you to behave a certain way mm-hmm. because it represents everybody, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, it's not, you can't just make a mistake or try new things or course correct or change your mind. Cause then you're like a hypocrite or you're this. It's like, right. There, Cause there's only, there's very few people to represent the entire community. And that's not fair to that one person, but that's where we are. When you're the one of the first to do, it, you're a chosen. It's a gift and a curse. And I think to complain about it is like, you know, kind yeah. of just like cutting yourself. You got to just go, this is the situation I'm in. I can either enjoy it or I can like complain about how hard it is to be the person that is like forging ahead. And I've been chosen by God, whatever you believe in, universe to do your this. Your work ethic, your talent, your drive. Here I am. Mm-hmm. And I think the hardest thing is you know, people like us, we don't have someone to look to. Like we don't, ha- you don't, who, who do you look to? Right. Who is your, you're the first. So it's like Mae West was the first. Who did Mae mm-hmm. West look to? Nobody. Exactly. That bitch was like, you know, so I think we as kids go, and as we go into our careers, we go like, find your hero, do what they did. Right. Follow that path. Okay. I want to be a comedian. Joan Rivers, I'm going to do what she did. Da, da, da. But like all the things that worked for her or all the things, they don't exist anymore. Right. So we're all like lost in space. And it's like, who do you look to? Like, right. It's, it, almost, it's almost like practicing your own gut practice. Because you it's, don't have. You just got to follow your fucking gut. You don't gut. have the Oprah. Like if you want to be Oprah, you want to. Most people have a person they can look to and go, I'm going to just do what they did. Who was that for you? You know, it changes all the time. It has to. At first, it really kind of was Joan Rivers in a lot of ways. Uh, Con RIP. Right? Did you ever meet her? I did. I did. did I did the Comedy Central roast of Joan Rivers. And that's how we met. Uh, I met uh, roasting her. And uh, we met with me saying to her, Joan, I loved you in The Wrestler. 
and <laughs> she I'm gonna kill you she literally I don't even know what that is but it sounds like an it old reference movie. oh it's a movie where movie. Mickey Rourke looks mm-hmm. like insane <laughs> you know I went so hard at her and she's dying and like keeled over but then she also you know she talked so much about having Botox and the stuff that she mm-hmm. did to her face is that people were worried like is she laughing is she okay she oh my god she, we would not worry about her but then she subtitled her face she goes you guys I'm laughing it's the Botox. Oh, like, it's fucking I, hilarious. It was, <laughs> it was hilarious. the most magical moment of my life. And I learned from Joan whether all the platforms that made her who sh- the legend that an icon that she is aren't available anymore. That career path isn't doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. The resilience of I can make fun of myself. I'm I tell the fucking truth. I'm going to like own my shit. I don't take myself too seriously. Like that that is really the thing that I can carry with me, even though I can't mm-hmm. go, okay, then do QVC, then do the red carpet, then do all the things that she did. We have no one to look to. But I mean, she was also like really old. Like she had a really long life, you know? Like, did she know she was going to do all of those things? Most likely not. She probably just fell in and was like, yes. And then her legacy kind of played out. It's like she did this, that, and the other. It's not like we're going to be like, I'm going to do QVC next. Like we could be on QVC. Who the fuck knows? Joan fucking knew. Joan was like, she worked hard. Here's what I'll say. Joan, Joan knew this. Joan knew I'm a woman. My days Mm -hmm. are fucking numbered. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to work as hard as I can. I am going, my brain, I'm going to be funny. I'm going to make fun of myself. This is my skill. I'm going to start fucking selling jewelry and going on QVC. My skill is talking. Mm-hmm. I can go on QVC. Yes, live, I agree with that. Be Definitely. funny. Talk about fucking necklaces and candles and makeup and shit and sell that. She was like any means necessary. Yes. And I think that like, you know, she didn't have the luxury of being like, I'm just going to pick and choose what I do. She was like, yep. I fucking know that as a woman, mm-hmm. your days are numbered. You are, as soon as you start being quote unquote unfuckable, no one is interested in looking at you. Ugh. You need to figure out another fucking like trade, another skill. Yeah, right. You got to pedal your fucking wares. Suzanne Summers did the same shit. She started, mm-hmm. she made the, the little thigh, thigh master. The thigh fucker. Jessica Simpson is doing the same thing. Dude, the bitches that came before us, like they were like, oh, we, we, we have mm-hmm. till about 30 and then we got to have an invention or a machine or a vitamin line right. or a fucking wine. Totally. Even Cameron Diaz has a, like a, she's act, a wine now. She has a wine. Yeah. I'm like, damn. Like yeah, yeah. every, Joan Rivers started that. She One did. of my favorite Joan Rivers it. quotes was um, say yes to every single opportunity. I and live I do that in my that. life. Yes. And I live by that. And a great you way know, to you never, never get know. raped. You never know. You never know when people aren't are gonna are gonna stop are gonna say what did you say? I you caught that. that. What did you say? I wanna be in on the laugh. What did you say? No, should we just not? Oh my god. You guys. Let me listen to it. Okay, okay, okay. I'll hear it on the way back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... 
That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I Okay, so I want to I dive into something that's maybe like a little bit deep, but... Mm-hmm. I can relate to it so much. And I think like the listener out there that's listening right now on their walk to school, on their drive to work, whatever, I feel like they can really relate to it. So I know that there is a dark side to comedy. Yeah. I know that comedians are notoriously. You just saw it before this podcast. I mean, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. For, for those of you, literally we had such a little sister moment. We, yeah. I mean, I can't Mental even get into it. This is not a game. Not a game. Nuh-uh. You got to handle her with care. I feel like comedians are notoriously depressed. They're sad and they turn that sadness into comedy. And I feel like a lot of people do. And I I can relate with that immediately. I feel like when I heard that, I was like, no. And then the more I got into the business, I was like, I do use comedy as a deflection. I do use it as a coping mechanism. And a lot of the time it disarms people and it it lets you get their warm side. It it really breaks down their barriers while you keep yours up. Sure. And I want to hear you talk about that. Every time you talk, it blows my mind. Um, <laughs> no one impresses me. Um, and this bitch, every time she talks, she impresses me. And it's really fucking annoying. Um, so, yes, I, 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 have, I have a couple thoughts on that, which is, uh, firstly, um, comedians are sad and depressed. Yeah, I think everyone has sadness in some level of depression. We just advertise it and talk about it and promote it the most. You know, I think that... You know, someone who's on stage getting a bunch of attention saying I'm depressed, chances are they're having a good time. You know what I'm saying? We, we just have attention. Yeah. We at, we're professional complainers. We're professional whiners. We're big fucking babies. And, you know, I think that, you know, I always like to go like, okay, don't buy into this bullshit that all comedians are like so sad and they just get attention for talking about being sad. So they just keep talking about it. Because some are not <laughs> sad. You know some sad? are just narcissists. You know who's sad? The motherfucker working to H&R Block who like can't pay his bills. <laughs> who's like, you know, not, You're not, not, not yes. the bitch who can afford to go to the comedy store and get paid nothing to talk about their depression and their therapist and their Lexapro. It's like, if you're talking about your depression and your Lexapro, you have health insurance, you have a psychiatrist, you're fine. A billion percent. You know who's yes. actually depressed and sad? Motherfucker Chipotle who has none of those things. So oh, I think we just true. have to get real on perspective. Definitely perspective. What it all means. We just mm-hmm. advertise it a lot and we are professional victims and we want everyone to feel sorry for us and like, like think every time <laughs> we get out of bed and tell a joke, it's like a triumph. We want like an award or getting out of bed. Like, making millions. That's how fucking childish we are. Right, right. We want, and then we want to say like a word that you're not supposed to say and then we want money. <laughs> <laughs> Truthfully, wow. That is how, that's how fucking petulant comedians are. What We're does like, petulant mean again? Yeah. Petulant, you're like childish, childish. Okay. entitled. You know what? It's like my ball, not yours. I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do a special. I'm gonna say tranny. Give me a million dollars. Right. Right. I mean, what Dave Chappelle just that? did that. It's like, I'm real. I. I'm pushing the envelope. Right. Pay, pay me to say the so, thing I'm not allowed to say. So are you saying that they're not sad? 
I think they is like, but like uh, I mean, it's it's, it's a thing though. There are no queer ones, so don't say that. Them, <laughs> <laughs> that. No, I'm saying to generalize about everybody. I think that yeah. I think that in the comedians that we've that we know famously, like the stereotype, like come from like SNL in the '80s, where it's like everyone was doing cocaine. I think we conflate mm-hmm. sad and depressed with like. These people are on fucking drugs. Right. <laughs> Until very recently, uh, comedians were, you know, work. At, same as strippers. Like, we have the same schedule. Like, we work at night. You know, comedians were doing cocaine and they were just up all night doing drugs. That ruins your life. That ruins your family. You fucking blow up your life and then you get sad and depressed. And so then you go, hey, I'm on stage. And all they have to talk about is the fact that they fucking ruin their lives. So it's that's you, strippers, and drag queens. It, like, exactly. So, so I think that the things that comedians famously have talked about have been sad and depressing because they mm-hmm. were on drugs and, you know, um, their families were falling apart. And it was also mostly fucking dudes. That's the other thing was we're going like, are comedians all sad? It's like, well, the most of the comedians we've seen thus far are guys. And who who thinks their life is harder than a straight white man? Oh, God. Nope. Nobody else. Nobody. Nobody you know what I'm saying? Nobody. So, so it's like comedians are sad and depressed. It's like, well... The the most positive comedians I know are the ones that have the least amount of privilege. <laughs> like <laughs> like male male comedians are like I had to wait in line. I the airplane food was disgusting, and you're just like you were on an airplane. So like I yeah. had to put on a bra today, and that trumps everything that you just went through. Like but like actually, not to be a feminist about it, but like actually. But like we're like comedians are sad and depressed. No, it's just white guys. The most mundane things are uncomfortable to them. And they don't know any better. The most minor inconvenience upsets them because they're so used to life being so easy that they're, they've made millions of dollars saying airplane food is bad. You're in the oh. fucking sky. <laughs> Hold on. You're in the sky on a plane in a first world country flying to an expensive uh-huh. city. You're on and, Delta One, bitch. And you're complaining <laughs> about the food you're eating? That's enough out of you. Like, send that airplane food to the starving children in Africa. The, they will love it. Like, so, ha- <laughs> so I think it's like the people that have been doing comedy for the longest time. I, 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 I think it's changing because we're getting mm-hmm. more perspectives and people that are a little more like grateful <laughs> are starting to do stuff. Right. A lot right. of um these white guys complain. You know, like comedy is not the same anymore everybody's so sensitive there's cancel culture is ruining comedy what are your thoughts on that yeah i mean it's like this always happens this isn't new i think it's just now there's just more proof that it's happening with twitter etc and look i think that you know i think it's all i think it's good i here's two there's two things okay one okay the more things that are off limits the funnier comedians get so that's what gets that's what gets tricky because you laugh when it's not supposed to be funny like in class when your math teacher is teaching a lesson you are like you're not supposed to be when there's tension and when it's the not when you when someone says the naughty thing that's when there's the tension and then laughter's the release so the more words that cancel culture make off limits they don't realize they're just making comedians stronger because then you know it's like and then if i go Hey, retard, now all of a sudden I'm brave and you mm-hmm, right. like trying to make me not say that word or a comedian, not not mm-hmm. that I use that word in my everyday. I'm just using an example of the things you're not allowed to say. If you make mm-hmm. it super taboo, then you're just making the comedian stronger because then mm-hmm. it's more taboo. Right, you know? right. You're, it gets the bigger laugh, the bigger. <gasps> you're like um, supercharging the word so that they just get richer. 
So mm-hmm. <laughs> I think cancel culture people don't, I don't think they understand. Every yes. time you try to cancel someone, they usually get stronger. <laughs> um, You're talking into Mark's head right now. Mark lives yes, for this. this yes. is, this is what, this yes. is all my thoughts. But like, because comedy is so like, it's such a thing in itself that if you're in comedy or if you know comedy or if you know writers, you know all these things that people don't know. And it's just like the way comedy plays with cancel culture. And comedy the way was never, it, comedy is not supposed to be for everyone either. No, it's like, and it's, we were never supposed to be mm-hmm. beloved by everyone. Like, so to me, mm-hmm. the biggest like freedom that I got as a, as a performer and a human in life is to be like, Oh, dude! Everyone's not supposed to like me. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to be polarizing, right? If mm-hmm. everyone likes me, I'm probably pretty fucking boring. And mm-hmm. like, you know, I'm sp- people are supposed to go like, I fu- I want you to love me or hate me. If if you mm-hmm. love me or hate me, you're probably I'm probably doing my job and being intelligent and smart and taking risks. Definitely. I want, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. If everybody, I don't think there's anyone that's like universally beloved. Everyone gets triggered and projects and stuff. So I was gonna say Jesus Christ, but not even like him. Beyonce, no. yeah, Madonna. I don't know. But like, I, I think that it's like, oh, my job is to be polarizing. My job mm-hmm. is to like take really big risks. And then you're going to you're going to come with your trauma, your projections, mm-hmm. your exactly. judge, your judgments, your sexism, your racism, all this stuff. So so there's no I'm supposed to make you think mm-hmm. and shock you. And it's not my job. Learn something about yourself as well. I, yeah. Like if you laugh, it's maybe there's a, something there. It's like, not my job to make you like me. It's my job to. For an hour, really mm-hmm. fucking make you laugh if you choose to come. But also mm-hmm. start conversations yeah. where you're like, I don't fucking think that what she said was funny. I do. Why? Right, right, that right. wasn't fucking it's funny. It's a philosophical But exercise. now we're talking about it. Now right. we're talking. Mm. Our job is to kind of like start conversations. Mm-hmm. And I think as a comedian, as someone that really just got into it because all I wanted was like love. <laughs> Yes. And to bring joy, probably. And to bring joy and just like love me, love me, see me, see me, understand me, hear me. Wanting to make people laugh too. You probably laugh at me, like laugh at me. Well, comedians, they say, you know, that we're so profoundly insecure and our our main fear is being embarrassed. So we become comedians to control how we're embarrassed. Wow. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Maybe that's not the sad question I wanted to ask earlier. Maybe that was it. That's humor. That's, that's the, it. That's the humor thing. I think when you're when we're funny like us, people that walk through the world having been embarrassed in the past, yes. you're in the wrong you body. You take the fucking control back and do you it yourself. Like, hey, here I am, a fucking Adderall mannequin. Yes. What's up, bitch? I love that. I'm, wow. I'm gonna embarrass myself bef- I'm not before gonna, you even get the chance nope, to I'm bitch. I'm gonna control love that so much the bullying you're not gonna bully me because i already mm-hmm. fucking did it bitch. that is humor that's co- that's, that's comedy i fucking love that's that that's what it is you can't come for me i already came for myself i love that then you don't have to wait for the other shoe to drop you don't and to- if you do it in a clever way it's not desperate it's clever another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where bank of america can help For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the only thing that bothers me about like all the cancel culture stuff, which is like the war on self-deprecation. 
Like, if, what do you mean by that? Fuck like, that. Wait, what a, do you? I don't know what she means like, by that. Like, I, you can't, I'm, a, I'm mm-hmm. allowed to insult myself if I want. Exactly. Oh, so you mm-hmm. can't like people say like don't self-deprecate. Well, no. It's like I think that there's this like like this you know body positivity, which I know is a very complicated like movement mm-hmm. and moment. I've written. I mean, I wrote a book about it. I did a special about having eating disorders and all the shit I've gone through with my body and. I've lost friends to eating disorders. It's a very real thing to me, my, the war with my body, et cetera. But there's this thing now where um, if you're like, oh, God, my fucking – I posted a photo once that was like uh-huh. – mm-hmm. like uh, here's me and my cr- – because I have like a crooked tooth in the front. It, it's not that bad. Bitch, where? Exactly. It's not that bad, but I – it's – all of our things to us are really big, even if other people don't notice it. Right, it doesn't, definitely. Yeah, it's like I'm allowed to like be like, oh, I'm cellulite here. Like, don't shame me for shaming myself. Oh, because 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 other people's are worse. Kind of. Vibe. I'm 39 years old. I'm 39. I didn't grow up with fucking Ashley Graham and all and Lizzo. exactly that. I, I know what you guys I get mean a now. Grandfathered in claws mm-hmm. to like grandfather claws. I live for that. <laughs> you don't. You can't tell a 39-year-old woman she's not allowed to be like, oh, my kimono arm. Yes, yes. we have a GVC So it's like if a, if a bigger person does com- like fat jokes, people are like, don't do that to yourself. Like, it's no, yeah, they can do like, whatever they you're want. You're like, bitch, I, I, I'm mean enough to myself. I don't need your help. Exactly. So exactly. If, if this is something that just is where I am right now, mm-hmm. that's between me and my therapist and me and my ayahuasca trip or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that the thing that really bothers me is when someone has low self-esteem and they bully themselves, we then go, mm-hmm. you're using your platform to encourage self-deprecation and like, you should love mm-hmm. your body. It's like, but I don't yet. And right. yeah. I'm not there yet. I'm sorry I'm not perfect like you, but like, is it it's like i just hate limits on comedy like comedy should have no limits in my opinion i think when you go to a comedy show you sign a social contract saying i'm here there's no malice from this comedian who's only trying to bring joy and make me laugh like there there should be no limits to that like you walk in there you sign that contract which is i like that's definitely perfectly put and i think to gigi's point to just finally close the hatch on um comedians being sad depressed etc yes the kind of person that decides i'm going to leave the house every night at 7 p.m. when mm-hmm. most people are building families and relationships and having fun and relax i'm going to leave the house i'm going to go try to make drunk strangers laugh for an hour mm-hmm. i'll never say like it, it 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 is a very specific kind of whatever trauma happened in your childhood to do that to go like i need this i need everyone to love me to laugh at me this is the only way that i can regulate and feel seen and safe and sane so if we hurt your if we offend you like don't kick don't kick someone while they're down you know what i mean mm-hmm. i think it's like we can't Ooh. we can't have it both ways we're like comedians are mentally ill fragile and we're like fuck you you offended me it's like <laughs> right. it's like mm-hmm. dude you know i'm like, I this thought, is my lane i thought i was a mentally you, ill mess joking like why now all of a sudden are you yelling at me you of all people know that i had all this trauma which is why i'm a comedian so like can i get a break right so, so i think i think that 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 yes anybody who is on stage trying to make you laugh if they offend you or hurt your feelings like it's definitely not on purpose unless it's no. some, unless it's someone who's like I don't know any comedians that intentionally like I want to I don't Offend, know any like I want to make you upset like that's not I don't know any comedians do. on purpose or like I would like 
to make sure there are more hate crimes and I'm going to tell this joke to make exactly. sure that happens. Right. Like, it's called a gang. Exactly. And I don't think, and I also don't think comedians actually have as much power as we think they have. So no, me neither. There's this funny thing where it's like, well, this comedian made this joke and it's like, uh, the that's the easy person to blame. But mm-hmm. the reality is like, the person who did the hate crime that's the they're thing. the they're the bad guy it's like, like it's don't like they, it, you know whether it's like racism transphobia homophobia it's like that person's parents who abuse mm-hmm. them is actually the problem yeah. not tea. the comedian making the joke like they didn't, yep. they, they didn't know tea. they were walking into like a hornet's nest okay let's like, consider this chapter closed <laughs> and now i want to talk about the humongous enormous gigantic elephant in this room room. my nose (sighs) no another body part i'm just kidding (laughs) (laughs) you you're writing for comedy how did that start you're You're a a writer like a tv writer so insane two broke girls can we talk how did that start because becoming a comedian is one thing, but mm. thinking you're funny enough to write is another. Yeah, it's called um, Delusions of Grandeur. <laughs> um, Seriously, I- though, huge fan of Two Broke Girls, obviously. Thank you. But I just really want to know how that started. Thank you. I mean, I think as a kid, I was um, the short answer. Um, I'm not known for my brevity, but uh, my the short answer is I was alone a lot as a kid. Um, I, I what uh, Something I like to call helpful neglect. Mm-hmm. Lu- lucrative abuse. Um, I sort What's of lucrative mean again? just sort of like bad. Yeah, like having everyone's like my parents ignoring me. It's like then why didn't you turn it into a skill that made you money? Right, right, right. Adapt, mm-hmm. adapt. There's got to be like I think there's a point where we all need to go like okay, all these traumas that happened to us, we have to figure out a way to make money off them. Totally. And I I now see that I was alone so much as a kid, which I thought was, you know. Um, mentally going to uh, mean that my life was going to suck for, and I thought was very limiting. But now I look back and go, oh no, I spent all my time like writing stories and fantasizing. I was always in a fantasy world. I was always like doing plays in my room alone. I like, which it's probably the form of schizophrenia. That's a different, (laughs) but I was like in the mirror making, I was making music videos. Like we all, you know, it was before Instagram and TikTok and stuff where you just had to, you know, put on plays for your imaginary friends. And like, I really was writing. I mean, that's, that's, I didn't realize at the time, but that's what I was practicing. That's what I was, that skill I was honing. And then um, I had such a active internal life. I was always mm-hmm. like, you know, I would see someone on the street and I would like come up with their backstory or I would like see two people at dinner and I'd be like, oh, this is the first date. And she, you know, she's a lawyer and he's in, in law school. But, she, you know, I would like make up these fantasy before creating things. jokes before writing jokes before yeah which is my way of checking out of my reality because mm. i was socially awkward i was uncomfortable mm-hmm. i was anxious i was you know i was disassociating really mm-hmm. from okay. trauma we all we're do fans it. of that a lot of people whether you know sometimes <laughs> when you're a teenager sometimes you want to start drinking you use sex to check i was like i used fantasy to check out mm-hmm. of my reality, you know? And I would pretend I was a princess and I was like lost in the wood. I would like literally go in my backyard like that was this big and be like, I, I thought I was um, the girl from Labyrinth. I would totally like run around <laughs> the bushes and just be like, oh, David Bowie, like where are you? Like, is he? like I was in- Cuckoo I, for coconuts. Hundred. Cocoa puffs, So coconuts. yeah, I was doing, I was sh- putting on shows for myself. I was in movies, I was in plays, I was in the future, I was in the past. I was Mae West. I was this. I was that. You know, and so 
Um, I now see that was like my creativity and imagining going like, oh, I don't want to be in my body. I want to write parts for myself where I get to be someone mm-hmm. else. Okay. And I want everyone else to be someone else. I don't like what right. you're saying. I'd right. rather write lines for you to... Right. I didn't like what you said. Creating a world. Can I just write a bunch of lines for you to say? And you say it, yeah. And then that's a way to control your reality. No one can hurt you. No one can oh surprise gosh, you. Oh my that makes so much sense. Because you love that. I relate written, with that a lot. You've written it all out. So I was like, I think that was my way, of, like my version of an adult like dollhouse. You know, it's like y- you call all the shots so no one can hurt you and that's how you feel safe. Yeah. So I had a lot of practice with that. And then you know, starting to stand up my, you know, Sex in the City, like, I think goes without saying was, you know, kind of, it, it was a lot of, in a lot of ways, like my religion, like, uh, you know, I don't mm-hmm. have a like specific religion necessarily, but it's Sex the first, in the city. it's the first thing I saw where I was just like, I can't explain it, but I, I saw observations, the kind of observations I made. Yeah. In TV in a manifesting in a real mm-hmm. way. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do however this got made. That's that's what I do. Mm-hmm. I fucking love that. And then that's your art form. And then I started doing stand up. I was f- funny, whatever, who cares? And then I was writing on the roasts for Comedy Central. Mm-hmm. I was a joke writer. I wrote for other comedians. I wrote for late night shows, working my way up as a stand up. And then I started writing TV shows myself, like on my own. I wrote like five or six just alone in my apartment, just copying like really? I just watch TV and figure out the structure and and read scripts. What was your favorite? Because two girls was um, using the short term. Like I know the show so well, and I worked on it. Two girls was a sitcom, right? Yeah, two girls was a sitcom. Is that kind of your like niche? Would you say that it was your was, kind of favorite? It was I don't think that niche exists anymore. Um, because yeah, it was a very streaming. specific show of like yeah. um, punchlines. But, but I met with Michael Patrick King, who made mm. Sex and the City, mm-hmm. and he made. My actual, my favorite favorite show, which is the comeback with Lisa Kudrow. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my god, I never watched that. Oh, you, you it's did? really good. Oh, we are enemies. Let's you're binge. My, <gasps> no, let's binge. You're my enemy. No, I'm oh, not. I, I was your friend it. at the beginning. I knew it was too at good the to beginning be true. of this, she goes, you're... "This this podcast, <gasps> this podcast is either going to make or break us." I so, said, "Well, why?" Because I came in here, <laughs> I came in here a hot mess with a bunch of drama that she has absolutely no interest in, and I was like, "Bitch, you are like going to have to sweep me up off the floor for the next hour." This is- <laughs> so now we're enemies you're right it did we're break either us they're gonna be bonded as like best friends or you're gonna be like i you're gonna block me and mm-hmm. then i was like oh shit it might bond us together and we'll be like this crazy story of how these and then the comeback and then this happened oh, and now it's that. like we're at the, at the final hour Capulet, montague damn God. it we'll never be in love <laughs> but um the jets and the sharks but yeah it was like i think that the, the takeaway i think for just because your listeners are obviously like very like you know smart and 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 prolific and productive and want to mm-hmm. make something big in their in their lives is like I didn't realize that my hobby could be my job and mm-hmm. I didn't realize the thing that I was doing for free all the time for fun actually I could get paid for right People it's your calling monetize it. monetize so monetize find like, a way like sewing pillows making wigs like whatever you're doing on your off time that whatever mm-hmm. you're really good at that skill it is possible to market that skill because you're the expert in it because you've been doing it for fun for so long. Right. And that's, it clicked for me. I was like, I'm an expert at making up imaginary things in my head. I was like, oh, that's just mm-hmm. what kids do. It's silly. It's like, oh no, I can get paid for this. Really, you're really good at it. Exactly. Oh my Bra- gosh. If you're braiding hair, if you're making bracelets, whatever the thing is you do, chances are you can get rich doing it. 
Mm-hmm. My boyfriend is a writer, and I feel like I know him a little bit more now after listening to you. <laughs> it really did hit home. And we actually have a segment at the end of every single episode. It's called Queries. We're answering people's queries from our hotline. Uh, would you stay with us to answer a few yes. of their questions? And then I have to go do stand-up. I'm such an asshole. Oh, my God. Well, you relate to this so you can make time. I know. You're right. <laughs> I, w- I was not only late. I was an hour late, and then I went... I need 30 minutes. Yeah, let's make it an hour and a half. To just talk. Okay, so we will be right back and answer your queries. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. Hey guys, welcome back. We have a hotline. If you are not aware, you can call us at 1-844-QUERIES. That's Q-U-E-E-R-Y-S. Call and ask us anything because nothing is off limits here on Queerified. We have Whitney Cummings here. Hey. And we are going to answer some of your queries. Are you ready to get into it? Yes. As she smells her armpit? I feel like I stink. I can't smell you from way over here, (laughs) but I have deodorant. Okay, here we go. I don't use deodorant, cancer. cancer. Wait, you don't? Aluminum free. Push. Push. But then that, oh, okay. I'm just kidding. (laughs) No. (laughs) Promo code code Gigi. (laughs) You think Courtney does promo (laughs) codes? Okay, here we go. Our first query. Hi, Mimi. Hi, Gigi. Um, Love the podcast so much. Uh, I'm Cole from Los Angeles, California, and I just wanted to ask, what are some of your favorite ways that you can give validation to yourself? I know um, a lot of times people struggle with trying to find validation, whether that's from, you know, men or, you know, uh, maybe their appearance. And I know a lot of these ways sometimes aren't healthy for everyone. So I was wondering, what are some ways in your everyday life that you give yourself validation? Love you. Love that question. Cole, thank you for calling in. Uh, Yes, I love that question too. Um, Whitney, do you have anything to say? You sound ready to go. No, mine is just like, it's taken me so long. And this has been something that's been such a like, I hate the word life hack, but it has. So I'm just, I want to pass it on. Is I took a class with this this teacher that works on attachment strategy, like the way that we attach to other people, it's a long story, love language, etc. But a mantra that you say to yourself is just, I forgive you, you forgive me, I forgive myself. And it sounds, okay. I know it's just sounds cheesy. Give it, it sounds cheesy. Give me one second. Okay, 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 How okay, dare okay. You? okay, 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 sorry. Um, and uh, it, it's because I think a lot of the the we move through the world with a lot of shame and embarrassment and and resentment. And I don't think we realize how limited we are by how we're like, well, she's prettier than me and fuck this bitch. And I shouldn't have said that. No, I'm such an idiot. Like, I forgive you. You forgive me. I forgive myself. Clean slate every day. I'm not thinking about my coworker. I'm not thinking about my ex. I'm okay. not thinking about my bad behavior two weeks ago when I drank too much, you know, Jose Cuervo and like twerked at Senior Frogs for like that married guy. Like, <laughs> I forgive myself. I like you, forgive yourself. I think that we are hard on ourselves. And I, the opposite, you know, it's that people like love yourself. I don't know what that means. It's 
how do you not hate yourself? Right. <laughs> is it, is no, a, that makes total sense. Is a to me way now. that I understand it better. Yeah. So it's like forgive yourself instead of saying I I'm gonna love myself today. Just say, I'm going to forgive myself today, dude. Drop the charges against yourself. Like, yeah, I look like shit in that photo or, ugh, why did I fucking go on that date with that guy? Why did I fucking, I didn't go to the gym today. Why did I eat that fucking bowl of spaghetti? I hate, just forgive yourself. That is the incremental step I can take. And then we can talk about loving. I just, dropping the charges was like a big mind shift for me. I love that. Like I am Cole, fucking, I hope you heard that. Given That's the cir- fucking I am, major give, advice. Giving, given the circumstance, I'm fucking nailing it. Right. Dude, like, <laughs> right. you look at what I come from, you look, I'm a fucking... Like on paper. Even if I never do anything again and tomorrow get blackout drunk and like fall off of a boat, like, I'm still a, the, a winner. You know, mm-hmm. I think we're right. very hard on ourselves, especially right. as perfectionists and overachievers. One billion percent. And you just you really did just like map that out very differently for me at the beginning. I was like, OK, Buddha. I know I had to. I, I knew I had to. But it really does make sense. I feel like my advice to myself, what I and I'm definitely going to go by that. Drop the charges on yourself. I love that. I feel like if you look bad in a photo, if you had a bad performance, if you had a bad day, whatever podcast I video have said that I whatever. Gossiped. Right. Ugh. I think what I tell myself and this relates a lot to what you said is there's only one you and this is mine is more love approach but I'm definitely mm-hmm. going to attack it like you said but I feel like there's only one you so like if you had a bad performance it's still your fucking performance if there's a bad photo of you it's still fucking just you like there's not mm-hmm. going to be another bad photo of you bitch like I think that that's how I amp myself up it's like like you've done all this you've you've overcome all this and even if you're just starting from the ground up it's like there's nobody else that's doing it like you because you're you like that's Mm -hmm. the power you are unique that you are one of one like you can you can you can compare yourself I know there's a saying I'm gonna butcher it but there's like a comparison is the thief of joy I like comparison Mm -hmm. is the worst form of violence against yourself it it, it, but it is right like you comparison really does just it, it eats you alive you can compare yourself to someone identical as yourself in the same field as you but that there's the same same goals but it it's incomparable and you will find that out mm. in time. That's genius. And, and this, the swifter you find that out and the swifter you can get, get yourself out of that, the more you can achieve. And when mm-hmm. you're an over a perfectionist, uh, anyone listening to this is, us I included, am. what you think was a C to everyone else is probably an A. It's an A. But you yes. always got to strive for the A. So, so we strive for the A, but it's like... <laughs> Our, our, our C plus is probably an A to everybody else. Not that it's Mm -hmm. like they don't have good taste or they don't know what's good. I think that's just the way we evaluate ourselves. We're dysmorphic. I call it like talent Mm -hmm. dysmorphia. We talk about body dysmorphia, talent dysmorphia. Yes. Like I, what I call bomb ears. Like I can walk off stage and be like, that was a nightmare. And everyone's like, you had a standing ovation. I'm like, I, like I've gotten desensitized to the feedback that makes me think I'm great. So I am no longer someone that can judge my accomplishments uh, because I'm too desensitized. Harsh on yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's it's like, Mm -hmm. like you cannot tell me how good you look. You have no business doing it. You're not qualified. Right. You can't tell me how smart you are. You're right. not qualified. You're Only t- me and my doppelganger from my yeah, DNA can bitch, tell me. You're not, you're not, you don't know anything about yourself. Right. We do. Right. We're the experts mm-hmm. on you. Right. It's you, so fucking you, true. You've got all this old data from your childhood and your teen years. Like, I don't know any of that. I just know, like, you're not qualified to evaluate your own performance and yourself. Yep. Absolutely. That's so true. What would you say, Mark? 
Um, well, I love what you just said. And I think that a lot of people think perfectionism is about striving to be perfect. That's not perfectionism. We all want to be perfect. Perfectionism is not being able to handle when you're not perfect. It's uh, every bad thing that you feel when you suck. And that is, you need to figure that out because like that stopped me in my, that stopped my life. And when I figured that out, I could finally fly. But I think Cole's question was um, about validation. Easy. Like, Set goals and achieve them. Like, that is so simple, but you do that and that will val validate you. That's genius. And and this is something that I learned in 12-step in programs. It's like, you know, in, in order to build self-esteem, you have to execute esteemable actions. So mm -hmm. so we're all like, I want self-esteem. I want self-esteem. You get it from doing things, executing mm -hmm. them, sticking the landing, and then feeling pride in what right. you've done. Mm -hmm. So it's like putting money in a piggy bank. It's like actions that are esteem setting a goal, achieving mm -hmm. it manageable goal don't set them so big that you like yep. daily goals like i'm gonna send these two thank you notes to these these mm -hmm. employers i'm gonna try out for these two jobs like and then uh, executing them and then going i did it so then you can start building your esteem mm -hmm. and going like i'm in pride right absolutely yeah love that i Instead love of that just this vague like you're i want to be famous Right. You're always going to hate yourself because it's a... That's it's a, never the end goal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just like, no, I want to like, you know, like small incremental goals that build self-esteem. That's like, that's... And also like, f forgive your... I forgive you, you forgive me. I, forgive, when, mm -hmm. I live for that. When you are mad at yourself, mean to yourself, forgive yourself for doing that too because that's natural. Mm -hmm. It might not be your voice. It's probably your parents' voice. This The self-critic in our head it's your inner saboteur. It's your but inner it, saboteur. I was just going to say that. But it also is our protector. It serves us sometimes. It's not only bad. It's, sometimes, I, but a lot of the time you got to ignore. I think about it as like a mall cop. Like most of the time you're just annoying and you're bully. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it goes like, why are you in this fucking terrible relationship where this guy beats mm, you? You true. should leave. True. It's sometimes true. the inner critic protects us. Mm -hmm. You right. should not eat another fucking pizza at midnight. Sometimes it's good. It's just mm -hmm. sometimes the inner sometimes the inner critic is right. Sometimes the inner critic is wrong. If the inner critic is like you're fat, you're disgusting, you're unlovable, bitch. That's disgusting. You're on fuck one. That. Bye. You're yeah, on one. Bye. But going, you know what? You should go to. You should not stay stay at this club till two in the morning. You should right. go to bed. Mm -hmm. You fucking practice your lines. You fucking monster. You don't know your lines. I should bitch. listen to that voice more. And go <laughs> yeah, go. Me too. You should go sleep eight hours so that you're rested yeah. and you don't have mm -hmm. a headache tomorrow. So sometimes the like I you know it's either one that is wrong sometimes or it's two different ones. But I do mm -hmm. think the inner critic. I, I we have to have a relationship that's like okay. filter it put a Brita on exactly, it exactly exactly mm -hmm. no no self harm and no um but sometimes it's there to protect us you know mm -hmm. I love that it's true and it's true. and and sometimes it's contrast sometimes you're just gonna have fucking bad days where you hate yourself exactly mm -hmm. and that's There's okay sixty five days in the year give yourself a day to not be your best and also sometimes you're like I kind of suck today it's fine because there's tomorrow and then and by the <laughs> way Honestly, it though. doesn't have to be true like you know what I'm saying mm -hmm. I know. I know plenty of people that don't like the movie Desperately Seeking Susan. The, it, you're wrong. So you can also, in your mind, be wrong. You know, you mm -hmm. we've been, you. I've been wrong before. I thought that guy with a chain wallet was my soulmate. I oh, also, I've never been wrong. I oh, and, me neither. And yesterday, <laughs> and yesterday, I thought I was a piece of shit. Like, oh, I was just wrong. Right. Yeah. That's, right. Yeah. 
That's also forgive, fine. Like, release you know the saying? charges. Yeah, drop the charges. <laughs> I like, fucking love just that. Just know that sometimes when you hate yourself or you have a like a dialogue like or a negative inner monologue about yourself, you might just be like, I might just be wrong. I can mm-hmm. already see myself at a club at 1:35 a.m. <laughs> and a girl is venting to me about this bad thing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna look at her in the eye, say, hold my hands. I'm gonna look at her in the eyes and say. Drop the charges on yourself. Oh. <laughs> and then I'm going to walk out and dance my life away until 2 a.m. You. I will. And then you're going to call me at 4 in the morning. And I'm going to say, Whitney, I'm gonna say, Whitney, come over. <laughs> and I'm going to say, okay, be there in an hour. And by that, I mean six hours. <laughs> and by that, I mean next week. Never, yeah. No, and then I'll be like, I forgive you. You forgive me. I forgive, we forgive myself. I release, drop the charges. <laughs> you're like, bitch, I don't forgive you. I'm like, yeah, you do. Yeah. I, you I'm like, what me. are we talking about again? <laughs> you forgive me. What charge? <laughs> Well, Cole, I hope you got those answers. <laughs> let's Thank do you, one Cole, more. Thank you, Cole, for that. Let's, yeah, let's do, do one, one more. more. Hey, guys. Um, so my name is Kendall Travis. I am a 22-year-old trans female from Quincy, Illinois. Um, I recently just came out as trans, and boy, do I feel free. Um, but, like, I am reaching out to you guys because, personally, it's for Gigi. I just want to know, like... How how have you just manifested all of this? Like, how have you just, like, I don't understand. Like, you know, I know that... Two minutes left. I know that it's, like, usually not easy for anybody, but, like, I just have been so struggled with everything. Like, I have just struggled with literally all of it. And um, even though I had just came out and I haven't went through FFS yet or anything, you know, I can still be very passable, so I guess it makes it easy in a way, but it's just like, I don't know. It's just overall so hard. Um, but if for whatever reason, if you want to check it out, um, my username on Instagram is me, bitch, it's me. Um, my name is Kendall Travis. Um, but yeah, I have literally loved and supported you from day one, girl. And I just, I still to this day, years later, still keep up with you and like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so honored to be a fan and I just love you. And thank you for doing this for yourself. But you've also had a huge impact on so many other trans women and transgender people in general. Like, thank you. Like, seriously. And I hope that you walk with pride every single day of your life because you deserve a beautiful. Have a good day. Kendall, that was such a sweet message. Gigi, this is a question for you. But before you go, you know what? I don't think people know how hard you have it. Like, I don't think people care to know that or understand that. Yeah. But... Yeah, yeah, she doesn't I'll, have a I'll mic stand. On I don't even have a mic stand. <laughs> I mean, God, Whitney, like she's in a slum. Whitney has seen it firsthand. How embarrassing. <laughs> Kendall, we all were misty-eyed listening to that. I just want to say how much I love you. Like, literally, I wish I could give you a huge hug. First of all, congrats on coming out. So major. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say, it's so... It's so hard to be your own biggest fan when maybe you don't even really believe it. But coming out as trans, you're initially coming out as a warrior because people will tell you it's a phase. People will tell you that you're a man still. People will tell you that they're not going to believe it. People will still use the wrong pronouns, the wrong name. They'll tell you a bunch of bullshit. But in the end, you're going to have to learn how to be your biggest fan. 
alone at night, you sleep with yourself. It's you in your brain. So if you can't convince yourself that you are fucking everything, and I think this goes to the previous question, Cole's question, I think it is just, it's so imperative that you be Kendall's biggest fan. I am Kendall. I am she. Hear me roar. And I will say with the FFS, I know I heard you mention that you haven't had FFS yet. Surgery for me has been such a battle because I thought for a long time, I'll get this surgery. It'll fix me. It'll be fine. You have to grow so much more internally. Like I'm still growing. I've been trans for 10 years now, this year, 10 years. And it's just one of those things where it's a daily struggle. So you have to be Kendall's biggest fan. And Mm -hmm. I'm out here rooting for you. Like I'm obsessed. Like even hearing you speak, you're so eloquent and you have like all the right state of mind. And I just, I just, really want to I just really want to hug you sister and I'm going to say something as someone that can't really identify with that that I just feel I think more people should be saying in terms of like mm-hmm. transphobia and negativity about if someone is phobic of you it means they're scared of you which means you have are more powerful than them that's oh what it's true yeah that's what it boils down to so it's like i'm not saying take it as a compliment but the way this is is mm-hmm. you're not scared of someone unless they are more powerful than you right mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so if someone that doesn't understand it they're also saying i'm dumb so they're also just dumb mm-hmm. so someone that's like i don't understand this i don't get this they're basically just it, what the subtext is i'm old and i'm dumb Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. You know yes. what I'm saying? So that's what they're really saying. So don't take that as an insult to you. They're insulting themselves. And mm-hmm. then if someone is phobic or scared, they're going, you're more powerful than me. Mm-hmm. That's what they're actually saying. So I'm not saying take phobia as a compliment. You know, it's got to go. Those people just have There's to There's something wrong with them. But like, it's, they're broken. You're powerful. Think about it. In any mm-hmm. movie, Jurassic Park, when people are scared of something, it means it's too amazing and too powerful and going to take their job and is the future and they're the past. Or God forbid, mm-hmm. out them. Because God knows, Mark and I know, when we came out mm-hmm. the first time in high school, a lot of people came against us because they were homophobic at the time. We were both gay back in the day. Well, Mark whatever you know what I mean Mm -hmm. you know what I mean Kendall girl if you followed me since then people are people show their true colors when there is someone stronger and bigger around like there is a little thing there's safety exactly someone is feeling maybe a little gay maybe a little trans inside every transphobic celebrity is sliding in all to my trans girlfriend I could I mean like it's so so cliche to say it but we all know it's true I mean it's right literally on the on their face things you say Mm -hmm. like that's something I feel like people should just know very early on is that like anyone that that is that Mm -hmm. mad at you just wants to be in bed with you and needs literally Uh find a way to Uh (laughs) ain't that the truth well Kendall thank you so much I also just want to say, don't compare yourself to Gigi. Like, no one is going to compare to this bitch. Uh, we were just talking about it earlier. The worst, most upsetting thing is being in a picture beside Gigi. Because it is up. just... <laughs> I look like I look like the the I look like the guys twi- the no. carrot tops Don't twin compare. that he ate in the womb. <laughs> Didn't we just talk about comparison for the love of yeah, God? Yeah, don't guys. compare, Kendall. Don't you're Kendall. Gigi is over here doing her own thing. Don't worry. Don't worry about what Gigi's doing. You got to focus on what you need to do for yourself. But how how cool is it that 
that you get to be alive at a time where there is someone like Gigi ahead of you. That yes, who did all yes. the fucking mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, and everyone everyone lifting. struggles are different. Like Mark said at the beginning, you don't know how hard I had it or I have it now. Mm-hmm. You have no idea because I don't show that. I only show what I want, Kendall. So it's like you mm-hmm. may be thinking like my str- your struggles are more than mine, but it's really not true. Everybody has their own struggles and they are yep, detrimental to each person individually. No, the anesthesia is way better now. Ten years ago, oh, I'm <laughs> high <like> myself. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? Oh go go after it. Surgeries with a cotton gin. <laughs> <laughs> you should be psyched. All my tattoos are, are ink and prick. <laughs> she she her face was laser. It's an actual grease fire. An actual they Trump just laser. Put her face in the fryer at McDonald's. <laughs> like take oh, away. You you my have God. it good. Okay, <laughs> I cannot thank you, Kendall, for that question, and thank you, thank Whitney, you for so coming much. on this podcast. You. I love you. So what an honor. This what, is an honor. What are you working on? Where can people find you? All that good stuff. All that good stuff. So I get so embarrassed promoting anything. I'm in a bunch of movies coming out next year. Um, oh, what kind? Yeah, can you say? Once with Machine Gun Kelly and uh, oh, I love Sun. him. Yeah, and Megan Fox, and um, uh, <gasps> yeah, they directed it. I play Machine Gun Kelly's like crazy Hollywood agent, and I'm in the movie. Uh, oh the God. Foo Fighters made a movie, um, and uh, like a horror movie that I'm in, and then um, and I have a podcast also. It's called Good for You. And for you. We just have like all sorts of people on and I'm going to con Gigi into coming at some not point. Not me yet, as I was well. going to say. No, yeah, not, just like not a fan. Um, <laughs> and so, no, uh, that's funny. I know, no, no, we've been like trying to schedule this for a, we very, have, yeah, yeah, a yeah. very long we're time. We're busy. But can I tell you something? No, 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 it's, it's not that. I'm insecure. I, we're redoing my podcast studio and I want to wait till for you to come to the new studio because the old studio kind of looks like a shitty community theater production. You had Paris Hilton go there. She's yeah, good enough. By the way, Paris Hilton walked into, it looked like she was rebooting The Simple Life. <laughs> oh, she was like, oh. <laughs> when she came into like, my house is under construction. She's in my shitty podcast studio with like a wrinkled linen curtain and we're like, oh my God. Like Paris Hilton is literally. Oh, she's the most down ass bitch the though. Best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she my really mom. is. She was the best ever. I But I look back and I'm like, I cannot believe I, I almost gave Paris Hilton tetanus. Like, she came <laughs> The fact that I let her I'm in dying. that studio is wild. But so we want to have you in when we have the new shiny studio. Oh, I can't next year. wait. I can't wait. My schedule is wide open. I'll make you wait an hour and a half just like you did me. <laughs> okay, I <laughs> that's a, it's only fair. Right? Yes. I you know what? I deserve that. I deserve <laughs> I'll that. actually come an hour and a half early and bug I'm you gonna, for an hour and a oh, half. Okay, okay, bitch. Okay, bitch. You know what? I had a Christmas party that on the invite said from six to ten. This bitch shows up at eleven, and, and so you know what? This is true. So you know, shows up at eleven. I'm like, I'm like putting cupcakes in the right. trash can. People are leaving. Like I we had fun though. I'm in my pajamas, and then this bitch. I order these little like light up things from Amazon. These little glass like candy cane things I the next day they're all just shattered on my driveway this oh my god that was not me <laughs> it was just like a car that like, oh I was like that was not me it was, it was you it was just like some it I was just, her it I was need, wow. I need some way to feel less guilty about okay 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 I'll take it today. I shattered all of them on your no you're on your the best driveway. and I'm so glad that you came late because we got to spend one-on-one time together yes. and as and, we will right after I'll drive you to your just, uh I your stand-up I just can like never spend enough time with you oh my god ditto well guys that was Whitney Cummings thank you guys so much for listening I that love was you. queerified this is the new year if you hate it's a me, new I'm season sorry and it's also okay oh no people live i'm sure no, please let us know space. call into the hotline and we will see you guys on the next one I bye whitney you guys i hope bye. i bomb this 
thank you so much to our guest, Whitney Cummings, and thank you for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Gigi Gorgeous and me at Mark Maverick. And as always, Queerified is a presentation of Ramble, a Cadence 13 studio. Please listen, rate, and review. We are now shouting you out. Can't wait to see what you guys say, where you're from, your name, all that good stuff. We will be shouting you out. And you can follow all episodes available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. See you in the next one. Love you guys. Happy New Year. 